and he said thank you very much and Arsenal are in total control. Hey, welcome to Cannon Fodder and all things Arsenal podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Fred. Woo! Another one. Come on. We left it late, but we got it done. Three points to Arsenal. Mm. Uh, 3-2 win over Watford. Some absolutely beautiful goals. Um, Seriously. Just a great game all around. It was a very fun, very energetic game. Lots of things to hit on, but we're going to we're going to keep it quick. Um but Fred, the first 30 seconds of that game. Hmm. I was sweating. Yeah, what that what happened? <laughs> Literally, I wasn't even, I wasn't watching yet. Like I think it was might have been within the first 20 seconds. Like Yeah. They had the ball in the back of the net. I was I was driving, so like I don't have uh, an ad, I don't have cable at home. So I usually go places to watch the game. Didn't have a place picked out. I'd slept in. The game was at nine, I think, East Coast time. Yeah. Um, and so actually, it's funny. I ended up watching the game at Planet Fitness, walking on a treadmill. Um, it was great. A little bit of exercise watching the Arsenal. Um, but no, driving there, pulling into the parking lot. Oh crap! The game just started. So I'll just turn on the audio on the Arsenal app. Wofford have the ball in the back of the net. And I was just like, wait, no, yeah, come on. Great. What yeah, happened? First was, 20 seconds. Yeah, and you know, he's he's offsides. But for me, it, it was it was early warning signs, so to speak. Yeah. You know, Watford were up for the game. They were very um, you know, I think we were better, but they had chances. They were fighting, they were pressing. Yeah. You know, we weren't necessarily as firm in the structure of the team as we needed to be to really keep the game completely safe. But yeah. yeah um, that first 15, 20 minutes of that game were good. Both teams, you know, I wasn't, they were wasn't wild. It wasn't initially end to end, but there were some chances and good stuff. And then obviously moving into the first goal that we scored, I mean, what a way to respond. Dude, we have, uh, in the past couple podcasts, um, what's the phrase? Waxed lyrical. I don't even know what that means. We've talked a lot about Martin Odegaard and how good he's been, but if you just want all that summed up, if you don't want to go look at old highlights, if you've already looked at old highlights, if you're a new listener, new Arsenal fan, just watch this first goal, first five minutes of the game. Dude, the little Cruyff turn, ricochet back heel thing to Saka, and then just the gliding run into the box and the smooth finish. He's stroking. Oh. We stroking. They he's just stroked it. <laughs> it was such a good, like, it's. I've watched the goal a billion times since then. Like, it was... Just a classy move, a classy finish, and what have we been calling on him to do? Get into the box and shoot more. There you go, he did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a good play all around. It was a good run, um, great cutback from. I was going to say that. Yeah, doesn't get enough credit in in the shadow of that back heel and the shadow of that smooth finish. Um, but yeah, great cutback from Saka, thread of the needle. Yeah, it was it was great, and it was one of those goals where I felt like I was like, okay. Like, this is the kind of game it's going to be. I was like, if we're cutting through him like that, Odegaard scoring goals like that, I was like, this is going to be a good game. Like, we're going to kick their ass. And then literally a few minutes later, Watford score a worldie. An absolute worldie. Bicycle kick from just inside the area. It's like Kucha Herrera, is that his name? Hernandez, I think was his last name. Yeah, Never even heard of him. It was such an incredible goal, but it's like we were texting when it went in. We were both just like, oh, my God. I was like, dude, I'm not even mad. I'm not even like upset about that. It was it's an incredible like, goal, okay. but 
fair fair fucks, man. <laughs> yeah, it was an incredible goal, but I remember you texting me being like, you know, I'm kind of getting, you know, banana banana skin feelings from this game. Like this is going to be a game we slip up on. Yeah. And I didn't I don't know. I I remember texting you back and like, "No way, dude. We're winning this game." I just didn't feel like because for me, you know, it comes off his shin. He kick. He just is swinging something at it. It's way behind him. It's just one of those things where you're like, literally, it's a one in a thousand, one in a million goal. People don't score goals like that. No, they don't. You know, it's it like that's the finish. only time he's ever going to do that in his whole career. Yeah, I think we were a little bit slow to close the cross off. I think Tierney allowed himself to get blocked off too easy. You know, Martinelli didn't quite track the overlapping run. But I mean, hey, it was decent play to get the cross in. But yeah. It's just a cross. It should be like a meaningless cross, and it was just a world-class finish. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people say that, but I'm also just like every team puts crosses in. You can't block every cross. Exactly. Know? Yeah, that's, Martinelli, what, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, But it's, it's just, like if, yeah. if Martinelli tracks the runner and he comes off of Dennis, then Dennis just comes inside and plays the ball. So he's kind of in a situation where it's just like, I don't think he really did initially anything wrong. Maybe he gets tricked a little too much because he's watching – the play with the ball a little too much. I think but Tierney when, falls asleep. I think that's what it, like you, you watch him. I can't remember who, what Watford player it is coming back on side kind of gives him a little, I think it's Suzoko just blocks him a little bit like a, like a basketball pick almost. Um, and he doesn't quite make enough effort to track that overlapping runner. Cause like you said, Martinelli's on his guy, you know, it's not his job to cover both. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair though, to the cross, it's not a good cross. That's the thing. It's behind the player. Yeah. He has to try something spectacular to even get a yeah. foot on it. And he doesn't get a foot. He gets a shin to it. So, like, you know, fair play to them. It's an incredible goal. But yeah. it wasn't one that necessarily filled me with doubt. It made me just think, like, if we... Like, and I, I remember texting this. I was like, if we play our game, we're winning this. You know? Yeah, I think... And I feel like that's exactly yeah. what we started to do. I, I feel like the, totally. the game was pretty hectic. There was a lot... I was really surprised that a lot of Watford players didn't get yellow cards. It was very yeah. surprising to me. A lot of transitions in this game. Um, yeah. We won the ball. We pressed really well in this game. We won the ball high up the pitch very often. So we're like yeah. in the middle slash of their third, winning the ball back. Yeah. And we did know, get fouled a lot, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember we won the ball back right um, near their... I don't think it was in the 18, but you remember Partey had that really good left footed shot with you know some quick feet. Oh, dude, the he had such box. a good game. But yeah, that yeah. that little dummy shot sent Suzuko flying and then just bent it just around the post. Yeah, yeah, you know. So we, it, I just felt like we were building momentum and a lot of pressure in the game. And so when Saka scored our second goal, it just felt like. I don't know. It, it, it felt like, okay, yeah, that's where the momentum of this game is going. And what a goal to score. Dude, and it's that exact pattern we just described. You know, he pressures the guy, I can't remember the name of the player, um, who he catches out. Tom Nick's, Cleverly. Tom Cleverly, yeah. Um, he, it, yeah, he gets yeah. Caught, caught sleeping on the ball. You know, because Gabriel tries to, um, it kind of moves up in the midfield, tries to put a real fast, hard ball into soccer cleverly steps in but instead of immediately playing the ball out again you know he kind of sits on it for a couple seconds soccer just comes in bodies him off snips it out mm. and the layoff from it, it, it's it's people talk about the layoff from Laka, and it's perfect soccer even says it's it saucy in the match it's saucy it's perfect <laughs> but what to me is 
you, you know, we, we've everyone's been talking about Odegaard and Saka in this game. They they're going up a level. They're playing out mm. of their skin. You know, not out of their skin, but it's they're getting to those points and hitting those levels. And I think Saka's taken it up a level since we've seen him in recent. You know, you know, maybe a few months. Yeah, is he takes that ball, turns, he plays it into Lacazette, and his movement off the ball to get the layoff is really good. Like it's world class. Yeah, that that two yards of space that he gets on the defender so fast, man, it was crazy. And the shot, oh, the shot was perfect. Yeah, we yeah. were. I mean, it was. There's a can't remember if it was on the Arsenal Vision podcast or the uh, our um, Arscast. They were, they were likening it to a Messi goal he scored in the Champions League last season. Um, yeah, and it was just it was that kind of movement. It was that kind of hit. Um, it's been two weeks now of me comparing our young players to Messi. Um, not directly, guys. Not directly. Just, you know, moments. Moments. Just moments. Um, but yeah, like Saka had a fantastic game. It was a fantastic goal. I think, like you said, he's going up a level. Um, it's wild, dude. He's still 20. He is still just 20 years yeah. old. Um, and he he is. He's getting more in product. I think I, I saw somewhere the last 10 games, he's got six goals in the league. Six goals and three assists. So it's just like, wow. Like, Next level productivity. Um, he's almost unplayable one v one. Like they always have to double him up, um, and when they do, someone else is open, namely Odegaard. So yeah, he's he's productive. He's skinning people one v one. He's great cutbacks, calm finishes. Like he's really playing. He's really got the lot right now, um, and playing really well. And yeah, to touch back on what you said about like. You know, I texted you saying this feels like a banana skin to me. I think, well, first of all, that kind of sums up our personalities perfectly. I'm I'm more prone to worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're more prone to be like, nah, dude, fuck them. Um, but I just had this feeling and I think it, it actually bore itself out maybe in the last few minutes. And that was maybe where when we get to it, that's kind of the frustrating aspect of this game, um, because in reality, we controlled the game um, not as well as we should have. But we played way better and we scored three beautiful goals. But that banana skin feeling I had really just came from the fact that I just saw Watford. We were away in Watford Stadium. They're a relegation threatened team fighting for their life, throwing players forward, scoring bicycle kicks. I was just like, fuck, dude, this is just going to be their day. Like, you never know in football sometimes when that kind of stuff can happen. But, you know, um, you ended up being right about the amount of goals we'd score, but also about the results. So Saka puts us ahead. Um, and then that third goal, that came in the second half, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Martin so I mean, cool. we 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 kept having just absolutely dazzling passing moves, great pressures, and before you know, and mm. before we scored that Martinelli goal, we had other chances that I felt like, oh yeah, you know, we just squandered a little bit. You know, um, Lacazette had that ball he played in Odegaard, which Odegaard should have shot, but he dinked it back to Lacazette, passed it back, and then he yeah. shanked it. <laughs> Dude, it was that was like one of the worst left footed shots I've ever seen Lacazette make. Yeah, that was pretty bad. But it looked, it really did look like Arsenal were having fun. Like the players yeah. were like, we're scoring world class goals. Let's try and like one up each other. Like they were just like trying everything, trying the flicks, making the runs, dribbling people, pass and move, pass and move, like playing just some really, really great stuff. Maybe, yeah, like you said, maybe overcomplicating it at times. You know, I mean, just yeah, slightly. I think we, I think we were for sure, and and you know, we were shaky a little bit in that second half, and sometimes in the first half too. You know. Watford really did have some chances. You know, they had that one chance um, that Ramsdale kind of brought upon himself. He had some iffy passing out of the back. Yeah, um, he did. He did. 
you know, so I feel like... What are your I, thoughts on Ramsdale? Real quick, let me pull you back on that. Um, He's had a few... Obviously, he's a great keeper. He made a really good stop in the first half and like stopped it and then also kept it away from the uh, attacker coming in to get the rebound. But we've seen a few times in the past few weeks, maybe month at this point, maybe a month and a half or so, back in the January, him have some really iffy distribution moments. I've got an opinion, but I want to know, like, what are you making of it? Does it make you nervous? Does it make you feel bad? Like, what are you thinking about Ramsdale? Because he's definitely like, it seemed like when he first came into the team, he could he couldn't put a foot wrong. His passing, his saving, like everything. Distribution was perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think his his saves, you know, his, his general goalkeeping this game, I think were good. Yeah. You know, he made some great saves. Um, but yeah, with the passing, it, it didn't worry me too much. Because the way I'm, the way I sort of think about it right now is, it's like he's a very young player in general, and he's a very young goalkeeper. He has a lot of experience, but a lot of the teams he's played in have been, you know, bad teams that are getting relegated that yep. aren't really doing too much. And yeah. so f- the majority of what he's doing all game is making, you know, thirty saves a game or something. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so yeah. I just feel like he's in a team that's winning, that's playing well. He's an integral part to our buildup, you know, like he still passed out of the back generally fine, you know? Yeah. I just think it's, it's just him tweaking and dialing things in and learning when to kind of be, you know, try, try that big long pass, you know, cause I just feel like he's, he's trying a little too much and I feel like he needs to be a little smarter. It's like, you see Allison and Ederson do some of that stuff, but for the most part, you know, them playing out of the back is making sure they get the ball to one of their fullbacks or one of their center backs and let them do that extra little bit right. of work. Every now yeah. and again, you know, they they put an incredible ball forward. But, you know, I just feel like he, he's got to find that balance of doing the right amount of work back there. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I think like you brought up the two perfect examples. Um Literally in the goalkeeping department, they are perfect. <laughs> Basically, you know, Allison and Ederson. But at the same time, especially Allison, maybe a bit more so than Ederson, you've seen in the past couple of seasons him like drop some absolute like horrible passes. Allison gifted us a win against Liverpool last season. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. That Reese yeah, Nelson goal, Lacazette goal. Like it almost comes with the territory. So while like I completely agree that yeah, he's a young goalkeeper. Um, he's not used to playing in a team that's controlling games like we are. You know, he's not used to that. Um, he's obviously got some talent, some distribution dis- distribution talent, but I think it also just comes with the territory. When you're trying to play those progressive passes all the time, you're going to mess them up every once in a while, and you're going to throw your team in at the deep end, and you just got to make sure that more often than not, those passes are finding their place. So I don't think it's anything to be alarmed about. I just noticed a slight, tiny, little, bitty trend, you know, past few weeks, past month or so, of him misplacing a few passes and us kind of being nearly caught out luckily he hasn't had like a proper error leading to a goal or anything like that yet but i feel like it may come because those progressive passes that style of goalkeeper you see ederson do it you see allison do it and it's just going to come with the territory anyways yeah back to the game um we were saying we were playing some great stuff they had the odd counter but we really did have most of the play coming out in the second half picked up where we left off that martinelli goal was sick. Um, my only question about it to you, Tim, is I don't know if you've looked at the stats, um, but it looked like, I don't know if they measure pre-assists, but that could have been Arteta's first pre-assist in, I don't know, like six, seven years Eight or something years. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah, hilarious. Dude, it was his first assist in eight years, bro. It was so funny. Yeah, he needs to shape up, dude. What's he doing? Walk us through that one, though. That was a funny goal. That was a really good goal, though. Yes, yeah. It, 
dude, it's an incredible goal because, you know, the ball goes out and Arteta, you know, rushes really far out of his technical area, picks the yeah. ball, up, throws it to Saka. Yeah, yeah. You know, like um, like the ball is out for like two seconds before the ball it's back in Saka's hands, you know, yeah. quick throw in. Cedric dinks it over. It's all one touch. Cedric dinks it over to Odegaard. The little flick from Odegaard dude, is it's underrated. So it's it is, underrated. It is. I was just about dude, to say that. <laughs> it's a, it's it's stinky, right? But yeah. I don't I don't think people have actually praised Lacazette enough for the little knockdown that he gives. Yeah. Puts a little Martinelli. bit of back spin on it, dude, just kills dude, it. Dude, if yeah, you watch it in slow motion, like how quick that play is. The yeah. the touch that Lacazette gives for Martinelli to shoot that is perfect. Puts it on a plate, dude. It's perfect, you know. And um, obviously Martinelli has a lot to do from there. Yeah, you know? outside the box. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a fantastic goal. It's a fantastic shot. But that that knockback, that little touch from Lacazette, that layoff, man, it's so perfect. Yeah, dude. Um, he had another quietly good game. Um, I think Arteta said afterwards, um, talking about Lacazette, that like, yeah, he's still coming off the pitch a little frustrated because he's not scoring. Um, but I think he especially, um, what did I say about Saka earlier? Six goals, three assists in the last 10 games. In the last 10 games, I think Lacazette, or maybe it's nine games, Lacazette has seven assists. He um, has one goal, seven assists, something like that. Yeah, and that's like, I mean, yeah, he's so playing... That yeah, Roberto Firmino role, like to a T, you know, Firmino, he'll get the odd goal, but he really just, you know, links play, sets up play more than anything. If Lacazette's dropping numbers like that, like that's prime Ozil creativity to an yeah, extent, man, you know what crazy. I mean? Yeah. So. And, and, and Arteta said after the game, you know, talking about Lacazette, um, you know, the, he was asked about Lacazette's goal scoring and, you know, he. I th- he said something along the lines of like, well, you know, if you look at his goal scoring record, he's definitely been in a better place than he is now. But yeah. he goes, based on what I'm asking him to do, he's doing really, really well. And I just, I don't think Arteta's not asking him to score goals. Right. But I think Arteta's saying, hey, I need you to run here. I need you to drop in. I need you to do this. I need you to be available for these sort of passes and, and to play you know, to get Martinelli and Saka and Odegaard running in around you and behind you, and you know, and I feel yeah. like he is really, you know, we've talked a lot about Odegaard kind of clicking up and just really kind of finding his level and getting better and better in these last few games. And part of it is I think he really understands what he's supposed to be doing tactically. He understands yeah. where he needs to be on the pitch and what he's doing. Um, you know, obviously his connection with Saka all game was awesome. It was the same really thing good. for yeah. Um, you know, the, the Wolves game as well. It was just good, you know? And so yeah, I feel like Lacazette is kind of doing the same thing. He's always been a hardworking player. He's never been a lazy player, you know? Yeah. Um, and seeing him now kind of like just say, okay, here's my role in the team and see how well he's doing it. It's, it's, it's encouraging. It and really it, is, on, yeah. and it, you know, and, and and even kind of coming back to like roles in a team, you know, we can talk about this maybe more in the second half, or just talk about it now and then move into the second half. But like, you know, I, I look at Odegaard on the that right hand side, and you look at how he's linking up with Saka, and and you look at Cedric, and which I think he did had an okay game. There's moments that he were, was iffy in. That's you know, happens a lot for him, but you know, going forward, I think he was all right. You know, he put some good yeah. crosses in, had some dangerous little cutbacks, and he was decent. You know, but you can see 
how much stronger that right side will be when you have Tamiyasu back. You can make those runs beyond, beyond Saka, who can put, you know, better crosses in, who can play better passes, who can use both feet. Um, yeah, then you take yeah. that over to the left side. And it, I, I remember us kind of saying this. I think you were you were telling me kind of in the first 20 minutes, you were you were saying, oh, Martin, Martinelli's not having a great game. He doesn't seem like he's getting involved, you know. But I just yeah. think about it, and I'm like, if you have a player that's more similar to Odegaard on that left-hand side, someone who's not Xhaka, that who can actually kind of, I don't know, Martinelli can play off of. Yeah. I just feel like it, it brings him into the game more. It makes us more threatening from both flanks, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think another thing to point out, and I mean, you kind of just hinted at this. I think this ties in with a couple points you made. Players doing what they're asked to do. You have Cedric, who is much better going forward than he is defensively. So we're attacking down our right-hand flank a lot. Now, when Tomiyasu is back, that's not normally how we play. It's usually kind of the opposite. You've got Kieran Tierney bombing on. Tomiyasu tucking, Tomiyasu tucking back in, providing a little bit more defensive solidity, not necessarily being a third center back, but you know, definitely providing cover, whereas Cedric is just any chance he gets, he's going, he's overlapping. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I think that's also, this ties into a different point I wanted to make about Tierney, and there's been slight little concerns about Tierney, um, online mainly, um, but that he hasn't been playing well. And I'm like, eh, I'm not sure about that. He's, I think he's been asked to play a bit more conservatively. Um, because we don't have that kind of rock solid right back stroke center back um, tucking in and keeping a solid back there, especially in transition, especially in aerial duels from goal kicks. You know what I mean? Um, so Tierney yeah. not getting forward as much. That also, like you said, that also affects Martinelli. He's got one less person to play off of. He's got that fullback, maybe not taking a runner off or being able to play a pass and getting a cutback right back. So I think there's a few, there's there's two or three reasons. You know, obviously the shock of needing to be upgraded if you have a Odegaard type you know, more creative, more connecting um, player for Martinelli to play off of on that left side. Yes, of course, I totally agree. I think in a weird way, this Cedric playing it right back is also affecting that left-hand side. You know, um, it's not Cedric's fault. He's not the first yeah. choice. He's, hope. I mean, maybe not even be at the club next season. Who knows? Or maybe he'll be third choice, hopefully, next season. But um, yeah, I think there's a handful of reasons why Martinelli didn't quite get involved in this one. There's a handful of reasons why... Tierney doesn't look as good as he normally does. But I think a, a big thing that you just touched on when you talked about Lacazette, his encouraging performance, Odegaard coming out after the game, talking in, a, I think it was a Norwegian interview that I saw, or they, they referenced it on the Ars cast that got translated. And Odegaard's talking about that, you know, Arteta's asking him, make more runs into the box. We need you to score yeah. more goals. And Odegaard has, has been trying to do it, obviously, this game to great effect, but obviously seems like he's getting into the positions a bit more than he was first half of the season. And you've got these players doing what they're asked to do. And it's really great to see, even if there's not starters in there, even if there's the upgradable Shaka, upgradable Lacazette, and, you know, maybe not. Like Lacazette is playing really, really well right now, even though, yeah, we're definitely buying some strikers in the summer. But I, I just like the fact that this team, um, it's definitely made in Arteta's image in a way. You know what I mean? They're his players. Yeah. He's getting a tune out of them. We're playing some great football. Um unnecessarily though this game winded up being a bit a bit nervy at the end it was kind of frustrating yeah it was a little bit nervy but you know what fuck Watford dude 
Fuck them. Um, yeah, I think what did Roy Hodgson? So it, it ended up three two. Um, everybody probably knows that already. I but. mean, dude, that th- honestly, that third goal, it wasn't great defending from Ben White, but it was kind of fluky. Their second one, Watford's second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was a, it was a bit fluky. I think Suzuko, yeah, good little run, but it was. But it's like you look at the defending yeah. in front of Suzuko. That's Jaka coming back, tracking the ball in, and he's like so far away from him. He doesn't he's track not, the run back. He's not yeah. tight to yeah, you know, he's not tight to him. He has no idea that Suzuko runs in behind him. He's like doesn't even try to like head the ball away. Yeah. You yeah. just kind of, it's just one of those things where you're just kind of like I, I feel like and now that Ben White gets caught off guard, but it's like if you look at like the way he tries to go in to get the ball, it's almost like he's just expects the other guy back there who's literally right there in front of the ball who could have headed it to like head it. Yeah. I, it's I think such a weird. It's you so saw weird. it. You saw it a couple times again. You saw it, namely after we scored our second goal. To rewind a bit, um, Arteta really laying into Shaka. I think Shaka had a really bad game overall, positionally, offensively. He looked a little bit like more like a duck out of water than he normally does playing that advanced eight role. But yeah, there are some moments he went to sleep defensively, um, and I don't think Arteta will be best pleased with that. It's just a weird game. It was a weird game. I bet for these players to kind of wrap their minds around we're obviously a better team than Watford we're playing some great football scoring gorgeous gorgeous goals and it just maybe just seemed like one where our our concentration dropped a little bit and you know I honestly think that might end up being a good thing for us in the long run because if we go on to win this game you know just let's say into 3-1 or we get another goal 4-1 maybe even five like there were that many chances on the table for us that's not an unrealistic um, outcome you know we kind of just parade keep the parade keep the train rolling on into next week which is shaping up to be a intimidating week you know we have Leicester Liverpool and then Aston Villa who are look rejuvenated and I'm like man this result us having those slight lapses in concentration we still got the win we still got the three points but Arteta also has some stuff to to tell them about about at practice in the film room like hey guys this doesn't need to happen we need to shape this up we have sterner tests coming than Watford sure but this isn't acceptable no matter who you're playing we can't forget like the foundations the principles this defensive solidity that Arteta worked so hard to build before we started playing more progressive football so I think the result honestly was was really really great for the team in a weird way if that makes sense yeah dude yeah I'm glad you're tracking with me, homie. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right. Let's uh let's leave the first half there. We're gonna come back, take a quick break, come back, talk our men's of the match. That's how I'm gonna say it from now on. Talk our men's of the match and uh look ahead to a very daunting week Arsenal has just around the corner, mate. I'm gonna drink some pickle juice. <laughs> Alrighty, we're back. Um, hmm, Tim, I think you went first last week, so you know what? I'm gonna go for it this week. I'm gonna go first this week. All right, <laughs> my man of the match. What? Yaya Sanogo. I don't know if that's picking up on the mic. I'm doing a drum roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, no. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Thomas Party. Okay. That's Dude. an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, only because, hmm, how do I explain this? Only because 
we've been going on and on about Martin Odegaard. We've been going on and on about Saka. Dude, I wanted to give my boy, my big boy, the octopus, Thomas Party. <laughs> I wanted to give him some love. Dude, he's been so good. Literally, um, I think almost like to the day, look back on when he gave that infamous or maybe famous now interview about how would you rate your time at Arsenal so far? And he gave himself a four out of 10. And I was like, ooh, you've had some some better moments than that. But overall, whether through entry or lack of consistency, whatever, he hasn't quite shown the consistent level of you know top quality center mid that we thought we bought. Um, so I think that was a little bit harsh by him, but also you like to hear that from a player. Ever since that interview, he's been lights out good, world-class good. He's going a little bit under the radar, um, much like Fabinho, much like Rodri, yeah. Fernandinho, those types, because it's not a very glamorous position. But my word, everything, as soon as he gets the ball back, I think we mentioned it last week, talking about the Wolves game, he just like ducks a shoulder, steps around a man, or just sprays it out wide, and the next thing you know, we're 20 yards up the pitch, and it happens in the blink of an eye. His yeah. pace of pass, um, his dribbles, uh, he's he's a physical player. He covers the back forward defensively very well. I just, his influence on this team is really, really awesome, um, and I think he's a big reason why we've won the last four games. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's awesome. He's huge for us. But he's yeah, been he, so good. He's played, I mean, yeah, especially in that second Wolves game, he had some touches and some little feints in here and there that were just like, oh. They're so good. They're so smooth. And yeah, just his connection he's got. He can spray the ball both sides, but particularly spraying it out wide right to Saka or Cedric, whoever's on the touchline. Um, really, really integral to to how we build up. And then we also mentioned yeah. last week his, his link play with Martin Odegaard and those two kind of being the technical leaders of this team. Um, they're making each other better. Um, and that's really yeah. awesome. So I just wanted to give my boy Thomas some love. He's been really good. He's been every bit as good as that, you know, 50 million pound price tag, um, that some people doubted that we paid for him. And he's, he's one of the best center meds in the league when he plays like this really is. Um, so long may it continue, Tim, who's your pick? It's the same as last week. It's gotta be Odegaard for me because mm. it kind of in the same vein as Partey, just being that integral cog of our midfield you know sitting at the base and just disrupting things getting the ball turning pushing it forward you know making us press resistant um you know Odegaard does the same thing his touches it's so hard to get the ball from him I mean like if you look at his how many passes he made how many chances he created his pass accuracy Mm. I mean dude it's it's really good it's really good for his position um yeah I just, you know, is he's becoming so important to this Arteta team, to this yeah. Arsenal side, and not even just important. I mean, you know, he's a he's a technical player, he's a technical leader, like Wenger used to say. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, he's just gnarly. It's like everything we do that's really good, he is involved in it. Yeah, dude, um, on the Arsenal Vision, um, I'm on their Patreon, so they do post-match podcasts after, like, you know, they release it 90 oh, okay, minutes yeah. after the game. Um, uh, Elliot got a little bit of stick for asking this question, but I kind of get where he's coming from. He said, outside of Man City and Liverpool, is there any player in the league you'd swap Odegaard for at the moment? And I was like, hmm. Yeah, Not really. <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. Outside of those two teams, and you know, there's some really good players at Chelsea that you might have to think about. But 
I get the point he's trying to make. Odegaard is, when he's playing like this, he's unplayable. You know, like you mentioned, creative, popping up with some goals now. But he has like 60, 70 passes a game. And for that position that he's playing, that advanced eight, like that's unheard of. You know what I mean? Like he's so involved um, in almost everything that we do and definitely involved in everything that we do well. So he's great. I'm really glad I bought his jersey this season. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's just... He's good, and then the price we got him for, and the way he's playing, it just—he represents so much of what's right at Arsenal right now. You yeah. know, not everything, obviously, because you know, you think about good deals and bad deals. You know, we have Cedric on the pitch, which I still think that was a bad deal. Yeah, it he's was. doing a job for us, fine. You know, but it was a bad deal. Yeah, um, that we can't get anything out of. You know, Odegaard. If he keeps, I mean, what's he, 22, 23? I think he's 22. He turned 23 this season. You know? So yeah. it's like, if he continues to progress like this, and we paid $30 million for him, I mean, we could easily sell him for 60 You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like if he adds a few more assists, a few more goals, you know, th- that's the level that he's at. And so I, I just feel like, it's it, we got a bargain for him. He's becoming massive for this team. The amount of work he gets through, the technical level that he has, and just, just I don't know. It's like it, we need to find someone on that left side that can contribute in a similar way, if that makes sense. Because that's that's how City and you know to a lesser extent Liverpool are just so dominant. You know, like yeah. when you you look at Liverpool and they have Fabinho, and you look at a city and they have um Rodri, you know, they have these players mm-hmm. that are technically good. They're super athletic. They are in the right place at the right time. They keep the team ticking forward. They keep the team moving forward. They make it super difficult for teams to press them, you know? Yeah. And then you have these other players like in front who kind of make the magic happen. You have, you know, you have Bernardo Silva, you have Foden in there, you have Kevin De Bruyne. Grealish. Grealish. You know, you have this group of players that's constantly changing out, and and but they're doing similar things, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I Like, I don't think we're going to be just like City. I don't want to be just like City. You know, right. I don't want to play just like Liverpool. I want to play like Arsenal. Yeah. But, you know, you see how important Odegaard is on that left or on that right-hand side. You see how influential he is, and you're like, dude, we have to, in the summer, sign a central midfield player who is that same level for that left-hand side. We have to. We should make it a weekly installment until the season's over um, at the end of each podcast after we do our men of the match to uh, men's of the match, excuse me. To say, all right, who who are we want you're wanting excused. to replace? <laughs> who are we wanting to replace Shaka this week? I think last week I mentioned Yuri Tielemans. We should come up with a different pick each time. So I've got one. If you can't think of anybody, you know what? For me, the one I think about, which is still seems kind of crazy, is I still think about Husamawa. I like Ooh. I I still think about him as a player because he's a good player, very and good. He's yeah. still young. You know, he's and like that's his position. That's his position. That's his, like to a team. Left hand side of, yeah. of of a midfield like that, you know, he can also play it in the front front three a little bit, but that's how where he plays. Yeah, you know. So I'm just thinking, like, man, he's he works hard. His technical level is crazy. He has goal threat. You know, he gets assists. It's just kind of one of those things where it's still, it's like 
I know we were interested in him. For some mm-hmm. reason, we backed off. We got Odegaard, which I think was the right move all around. You know, yeah. and so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I still think about that player. I'm like, man, he seems like he fits. But, you know, there's a reason why they didn't try to, you know, go after him some more. And, I, and I'm starting to trust their judgment on some of that stuff. Yeah, definitely. This they they built themselves. Arteta and Edu a lot of built themselves up a lot of goodwill this past summer with the transfers they uh, they got done. A lot of them, and they all seem to be working out. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'll say, I've got one in my mind, but I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it for next week, and I think it'd be funny to do a little installment of who's uh, who's gonna be Shaka's replacement, <laughs> who's oh, that yeah. new left it because we keep talking about it. So it'd be fun to you know toss some ideas out Mark there. Mark Noble, Mark. <laughs> Charlie Austin, Tom Cleverly, Michael Carrick, please. Um, bring it back, dude. Michael Carrick was a good he was player. a great player. He wasn't that type of player, and he's also old and coaching at Man United. But <laughs> you know, whatever. We can get him in to do a job. Eight years old. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. Let's leave it there. It's fun win. Um, three great goals that have been fun to rewatch on highlights. Uh, the train keeps rolling. That's four wins in a row. Um, but let's do a quick peek ahead real quick just before we leave the lovely people. We have Lester. Oof. Lester, Jamie Vardy's back. Um, and that's that always spells trouble for us, at least. Um, we got Lester this Sunday. It should be a tough game. Wednesday, we've got that Liverpool match. Um, it's at home this time, so we'll see if that helps at all. Um, not too many hopes about that game. And then we've got Aston Villa, who look a lot better the next week. You know, a big, like strong point or a big source of a lot of confidence I've had in us this season has been from the fact that we have such a small schedule, but that's three games in a week. That's back to, uh, you know, us needing squad players to really step up at times because you can't same the na- name the same, excuse me, um, starting 11 for all three of those games. So hopefully Tamiyasu can come back in. Um, Pepe, I'm sure, will be called on. Um, Eddie, I'm sure, will be called on. Um, you never know who else. Maybe Sambi, even if a midfielder's looking a little bit tired. But how are you feeling about this big week coming up, Tim? Dude, I'm excited about it. I'm nervous. Arsenal got a, <laughs> Arsenal got a lot of momentum. You know, losing to Liverpool, or if that happens, isn't the worst thing. They beat just about everyone in the league all the time. Yeah, they're pretty good. You know? <laughs> and so, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a lot of confidence, you know, especially about finishing top four and how we can move forward and with this team. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel pretty confident. I think this is it. Like this is the, not just this week, but this next, like you look even past those fixtures, there's crystal palace, Brighton. there's like hard fixtures after that as well. No more gimmies. Um, not that any game in the premier league is a gimme. That's a bad way to put that, but you know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, this is like the sticking point. Like if we can come through, get some well, good you know, wolves, results, you know? Yeah. You know, wolves is down at the bottom right now. Or, you know, they've kind of been close to the bottom. They, yeah, they fell off. They fell off the uh, you know, the top six Watford, race, yeah. Watford is at the bottom, you know? Yeah. They're right there. So it's just kind of, you know, those games should be easy. They're the lower part of the Wolves. Table, you know? I'm pretty sure Wolves were like a point or two behind us when we played them the first time. So, like, Wolves have had a great season. But I think we did a number on them. Luckily, I hope, confidence-wise, they've lost a couple games since we played them. So... Yeah, they've kind of dropped down the table a bit. Um, but yeah, you're right. We should win those games. Um, we should win games against... I mean, Leicester's a really good team on their day. They've been bad defensively lately, so I'm hoping we can get some goals there. Like you said, Liverpool, who knows? We'll see how we how we play on the day. You know, it really depends on us more than them because they're always good. Um, Aston Villa have looked a lot better under Gerrard. Um, Coutinho is really coming back into form, and he's a 
very good quality player. They got yeah. some some new center back. I don't know. I watched him at the weekend. He looked like total ass. What was his name? Um, Chambers. Uh, yeah. No, dude. Um, dude. He, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love Callum. I love Callum. No, no, no disrespect. He's he's a he's a good boy. Um, but yeah, tough games, tough fixtures. Um, but we gotta we gotta play him at some point, and we gotta win him. We gotta get some draws. Gotta get some wins. Um, gotta come through come through as unscathed as possible. Um, I think this weekend we've got Man United Tottenham as well. That'll be a fun one. At least some one of them dropping points, preferably both. Um, but yeah, let's leave it there. Tim, you got anything else? Um. Yeah, I've got one more thing to say. Mm. I've I've seen a lot of people getting scared about Tottenham being Everton 5-0. Okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> Everton suck. Okay, They're so really don't bad. Get, don't get it's a mere it, it honestly it's a disgrace that they beat us 1-0. No, they beat us 2-1. I can't. 2-1, yeah. I, yeah, yeah so. Odegaard scored in that game. And yeah, then I forgot Damari Gray, out of nowhere, scored yeah, that yeah. ripper from outside the ball. Like, but it's... it's blah, 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 makes me cringe yeah. thinking about that game. It's terrible. But it's like... And didn't Richarlson have like two goals called offside? Yeah, no. We yeah, like didn't play well yeah, we <laughs> at so all. Bad. But it's like, I, I look at that Spurs team and I just think they are so inconsistent. Yeah, well, and I think luckily just we'll end on them. Dude, so they've got a decently easy schedule compared to us and United for the rest of the season, but it's in exactly those games that they've struggled. You know, they'll pop up with the win against City, and then they'll go lose to Burnley. When they've got to break a team down that sits a little bit deeper, they can't do it. They don't know how to do it. They don't have the midfield quality to do it. Granted, when they are receiving pressure when they're when they're soaking it up themselves and then they can spray balls out to Kane and Son and they can just combine for ridiculous goals then they look okay you know what i mean they look pretty good um that city game city played right into their hands um so i i don't have a lot of faith that tottenham will keep getting results um everton are pretty pretty dang bad and i i don't want to see them get relegated but obviously honestly it'd be kind of fun (laughs) just like that's a very unexpected you know like kind of team to go down how much money they've invested the millions they've invested the past few seasons um It'd be wild if that happened, but they're garbage, and that was a shitty result to see. But, yeah, I agree. I don't have too much faith in Spurs, especially when they play teams that sit deep. So we'll see what happens. We still have to play them before the end of the season. But top four, you know, we're in there. we got some games in hand, but we got to keep picking up results. Got to keep doing it. Got to keep it There it is, baby. All right, um, let's leave it there. Um, We'll talk to you guys next week after that Leicester game. Peace, boys. Bye-bye. And girls, everybody. Peace, everyone. Bye. Smith Row again. And Barry Ann Sacker. And only goal, goal, goal.